0: This is the MMA Takes, podcast MMA Takes podcast. With your host Brian Petrie. Brian Petri. Uh huh. yeah, first. yeah. Hey, hey. Welcome to the MMA Takes podcast. Yeah, picking podcast. Um, I'm gonna give you the picks for UFC Sacramento, Sac Town. I love that nickname for it. Uh, I'm not from Sacramento. I've never been to Sacramento. I'm sure people from Sacramento won't let me say Sacktown. but you know what? People that aren't from Cincinnati either say, "You're from Cincy, or you from the Natty." Um, Cincy's okay, the Natty's not to me. You got to be here to got to be from here to say that. I don't even say it. I personally don't like it, but if you're born and raised here, I guess you can say the Natty. I get Cincy a lot. You know, oh, you're, you're from Cincy, huh? But um, yeah, welcome to the show. Sacktown baby I think I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna title the show Sacktown UFC Sacktown pick 's I tweeted this, this this morning I was at work um bored going over the card and let me tell you there's some tough fights to pick on here right it's it's tough I've you know I listen to a lot of uh the podcasts where they pick fights and try to listen to as much I mean, as many MMA podcasts as I can and Florian they do uh they do a pick them every week with Ian Parker who I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm sold on him yet i I like the idea obviously I w- I've been a guest picker on that podcast uh a while ago and then they went to a permanent full-time thing with Ian Parker who used to manage Chris Wyman and then he did like cage hero or something he's been in the business a little bit he is a sharp he is a handicapper he does. Place bets every weekend. He lives in South Florida with, with, you know, pretty much next to Anik. So he's been on the show before and he did good. He hasn't won a week in like six weeks or whatever like that. Um, I follow him on Twitter and like that. I think he's a good guy. I think it's a good move for the Anik and to have a guy, re, you know, reliable every week and stuff like that. I get it. Uh, I love the show because I love hearing other fans' views and other people who you don't have a big name, who've never been a manager, who doesn't have a hundred thousand dollar bankroll to place bets on on fights. You know, what I mean Ian Parker's going out there placing 10K a fight. You know what I mean? Uh but there are some really sharp guys out there. Just trying to build a bankroll, trying to be, you know, getting a little bit of a spotlight. So you know, I'm 50 50 on it. Although I will say that, you know, Ian Parker is clearly a homer. Uh he you know, I follow him on Twitter and it's like, who should fight next for the lightweight title? And he's going, Wideman. It's like, uh buddy, Weidman doesn't want to fight in like 10 years. I mean, fucking Wideman? I like the move to 205, but, I mean, come on. Really? I mean, he he deserves the next title shot? Fuck out of here. Um, but I listen to them all. I listen to all the sharps. I listen to as much as I can. I follow them on Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, and a lot of people are kind of off, you know, a little all over the place. I think there's uh, there's some money to be had and there's some money to be lost. These are the cards that scare me. I'm really excited about this card. I don't think there's anything that really jumps off the page of me, but I think there's some really interesting matchups that I'm – really excited to really see how they unfold out. Cause there's some people who I think are really good and it's a really good matchup. And I think this is really good. This is going to show if they're really good or not because they're fighting someone who else is really good. So um, sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you look at a card, that's a little lopsided and you know me and I'm not right every time, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I know how that fight's going to go. Um, this, this card, there's at least five fights where I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Um, so I took a deep dive this morning, probably this is what's happening is I probably overthought it. So when I get my picks out, I'm probably gonna be dog shit. Cause I've been like nine and three, nine and two. I went 11 and one or 10 and one on a few events ago. So I've been on fire. I've been picking great. I've been picking at least an underdog, at least one, a minimum of one underdog, each card that cashes. Um, and I'm looking to do that now, obviously not every card you know, I'm going to miss Every once in a while, I'll miss a big one, and I think there's probably going to be a big underdog in this car that I'm going to miss, but we're going to do my picks. We're going we're gonna to get to the picks here in a minute. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to the listeners. I did get a little bit of a positive feedback when I re-uploaded the podcast. Um, I just, again, my OCD brain, I listened to the first upload. The edit was weird. The, the audio was off. It was loud. It was just, I think, I, just things went wrong, right? And I was really mad at myself that I even posted it. So I'm really glad that I redid it yesterday, even though I felt maybe a little low energy yesterday. Cause it's hard for me to, I wouldn't be a good actor because if I'm sitting in front of a camera, I can't keep repeating the same things over and over again. I don't have a script in front of me, so it might be a little different. And if I'm getting paid a lot of money, I'll, I'll fucking do it every day. But, um, it's tough. It w- it w- it was a tough thing to do. Um, kind of like re saying the same things I said in the previous one and all that. But, uh, a couple of people, you know, on on uh, Instagram and Twitter and and whatnot, reached out and said, "Hey man, you know, great show, blah, blah blah. Really appreciate that. That means a lot. That's awesome. Keep listening. We're taking it to the fucking moon. Um, I know I st- stole that from Dave Portnoy, but I love the I love the expression. I just, I mean, I'm the underdog here, right? I'm the guy that's doing it out of his uh little off uh spare bedroom in his house that has. Put a lot of time and effort into this, and has been following the sport for so goddamn long that he loves it, and he can regurgitate things. You know, I mean, it, it, it takes up a lot of my brain space. So, um, you know, this is a thing that I love to do, whether I get paid or not. It'd be nice to get a little kickback, but uh, you know, and it'll be nice to get opportunities only because the, if I get money and I get ad deals and sponsors, or if someone comes on and and you know wants to sponsor the podcast or even pick up the podcast for their network or whatever it is. I've had a very few small offers that I have declined because I don't think they were the right thing. But if someone wanted to do that. The only way the reason it would make sense is is because I could maybe interact with more fighters and get them on. Because you know I, I feel super creepy sliding to the DMs on Instagram uh, of some of these fighters. It, it it's it's pretty pathetic. But uh, I got to do what I got to do. You know what I mean? I, I I want guys to come on. I want I want to talk about it. I want to promote the thing. And uh, we're we're on the uh, we're on the up and up. We're doing that. We're going to do that. Keep keep getting listens. Keep uh, listening. Keep supporting if you're doing that. Um, subscribe on uh, iTunes. And what what, what, do they, what do people say? Oh, yeah. Uh, like like it on iTunes as well. I stole my buddy's phone at work the other day and he had an iPhone and I, I went and, and I don't think he knows what a podcast is. I don't think he knows what MMA is. But I took his phone and I went to iTunes and I, and I, and I rated it five stars. Apparently that helps when it, when it comes to the ad deal. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done that yet, go do that, please. That way we can get fucking, you know, some names in here and, and start asking the hard-hitting questions. Um, but with that being said, oh, and another thing. I, I, I just saw Luke Thomas got signed to Showtime. He's under the uh, Brendan Schaub's below-the-belt thing. Good for Luke Thomas. He's doing breakdown videos on YouTube. I think he's going to have maybe a show on Showtime. Uh, good for Luke Thomas, but th- that bears a question: Who is going to step in and, and take the MMA fighting role? I I know they're retooling it. I know Esther Lynn said something on Twitter. You know they're going to come back in two weeks. I feel like that was two weeks ago. Um, again, my thought was don't have the same exact fucking show Ariel does on the same exact fucking day. They do have some talent at MMA fighting, but. I mean, it's not great talent. I think they need to. I think they need to get a young guy in there, and, and they need to do things differently. I'm not going to go on my MMA media rant. I won't do that to you guys. But uh, there's some there's some talent out there that I think they need to maybe utilize a little more. And how about that fucking uh, one last thing? That Greek gambler. Um, I don't follow him that much. I've seen him before, but he. I just started following him. Or maybe I didn't follow him. Maybe I looked at his Twitter, and uh, you know, I. You know, listen, I, I I know we're in the business to chop down other people, and I've done that before. I, anytime I take a shot at Erohawani, it feels fucking good. I took a shot at the uh, the athletic MMA thing because they're hiring all these old dinosaurs that have the same regurgitated fucking ideas and thoughts besides maybe one or two guys over there. They're, they're, they're taking people from MMA fighting. MMA fighting's not really bringing anybody new, um, even though they're they're owned by Fox Media, uh, which is a huge company. So, um. But this Greek gambler got, got a spot on the, uh, the contender series, right? He, he talked to the guys. and I think that he even had like a one-off on the camera. And I went to his Twitter and he sat down. I couldn't really hear what he's saying because my buddy was over uh, eating with his mouth open and I uh, was driving me nuts. But um, I believe he was saying on, right on Twitter before the fight, he loves Justin Sumter. Justin Sumter, big and uh sumter got got smoked in the first round so again i gotta follow this guy more he's super tan obviously he's greek whitest teeth i've ever fucking seen he's in his 50s um i don't know much about this guy but maybe i'll start following him a little more and just see how big of a clown he is but uh, you know he, he's obviously been around for a while if, if the ufc and whatnot to give him a little on-camera time there so uh, good for him i know it's easy to cut down other handicappers and stuff and and maybe i will show on this guy eventually but uh I don't think I've ever seen him before. I, I know. Maybe, maybe I just completely ignored him. I don't know how you can't see him as fucking teeth glow in the dark. So, all right, enough of that to UFC Sacramento. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not from Sacramento. I'm going to keep saying it right. Fuck off. I'm going to keep saying it. All right. So this Saturday we got UFC Sacramento. It was 13 fights, right? Now we got 12, but use and your car Close got dropped off. Messed have missed that news. Wasn't sure when that happened, but, um, uh, We'll start at the bottom here. We got uh, Benito, 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 Benito Lopez, who is a plus 120. He's 9-1 and one versus Vince Morales, who's 9-3, and three, who's a minus 150. Um, this is a simple case of Vince Morales looking better in his losses than Benito Lopez has in his wins. Um, nothing against Benito Lopez or whatever. I believe he's a contender series guy. He made his UFC debut, let's see here. Yeah, Manny Bermudez was, he came in and fought Manny Bermudez. Lost the decision. He's got the multicolor hair or whatever. I think, he, I think he's a good talent. Um, I don't think he's all that dangerous really anywhere. Um, I, I've looked at his record. I've seen who he's fought. I mean, I think he's, he's a solid kid or whatever like that. Good grappling skills. But I don't, like, love him everywhere. Vince Morales, on the other hand, is kind of a dog. He's hungry. He's tough. Um, he lost on the contender series against that Domingo guy, but that was a war. Um, and then he's kind of up and up in, in, in the UFC. One wins here, one loss there. Good grappling skills. Tough as they come. Good submission defense. Pretty decent striking. I want to say he's, you know he's not going to win a fucking kickboxing tournament anytime soon, but decent. This is an interesting fight to start off the card. This is a really tough fight to pick because as a guy like myself who wants to win money, I think there's tons of value on Benito Lopez. He's a small underdog at plus 120. Um, I usually avoid um, first fight parlays just because it kind of can fuck up your night. This would be an interesting parlay. This is kind of a swing fight because it can go either way. Vince Morales, I think, has been more impressive in his UFC debut. He's had more fights and whatnot than Benito Lopez. I know Benito Lopez's um, UFC career so far is very short. But um, listen, this is this is a this is an interesting fight that, that started off. Um, I'm gonna have Vince Morales win. I'm gonna have him winning this fight probably by decision. Don't see him finishing Benito Lopez, even though he got submitted by uh, Manny Bermudez. But Bermudez is is just a sick grappler at this point. Um, and I, I want to say Lopez took that fight on fairly short notice, so maybe this will be a full training camp for him, and, and he can shut me up. However, plus one twenty. You get a nice little kickback from your money. I mean, you put a hundred hundred dollars down, you win one hundred twenty. So it's a nice little uh, bang for your buck there. I just feel like Vince Morales at this point in his career is a little more well rounded. I, I just uh, Benito Lopez hasn't set the world on fire for me yet. But again, I like to be wrong, right? I'm not gonna probably bet this fight. I'm scared of this fight. Um, I didn't bet last card because I was a little scared of it, and I, and I kind of regret it because I could have cashed on Jan Blahovic. Definitely get a bet on this card. For sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money in the pot on this card. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love the first fight to bet at all. But if you have a feeling, if you're riding high on Lopez and I'm missing something, then I encourage you to do that because Vince Morales is not like this guy's a world beater. I think he's one, I and I think he's won one, lost one, won one, lost one in the UFC. He's been up and down. So he won his last fight against uh, Sub, uh Sahabi, lost to uh, Song Yudong, which is I mean by decision he didn't get uh, he didn't get Dong shot. And then he beat Justin Hugo in his... Oh, that was Bellator. Damn. Okay. I must have missed that. So this dude lost in uh, the White's Contender Series to Domingo Palate, which was an awesome fight. Palate has still yet to debut in the UFC. He must have got banged up in that fight. I think he's fighting in a couple weeks. So then he went over to Bellator um, two months later and fought. Justin Hugo and won by decision and then got called up uh, two months after that to the UFC. So... He's bounced around a little bit, so he's 1-1 in the UFC, excuse me, and he lost a contender series, so I guess that's kind of a, uh, a loss there too. But anyway, Vince Morales, I feel like he's going to win that fight. I might be just talking myself out of Vince Morales, but I do like the guy's skills. I do remember the Domingo fight pretty well. All right, next up, you got Livia Renata Sosa, who's 13-1. and one. She is a, uh, excuse me, she yeah, plus 105 underdog. She's fighting Brianna Van Buren, who's 8-2. and She's a minus 125 favorite. You can get this line kind of across everywhere, uh, depending who I, the betting website I go to, they have, uh, Soza as an underdog, which I think is kind of crazy. Brianna Van Buren's in a Victor fighter. Sounds like a bad guy. Like Van Buren to me is never not going to sound like an oil, you know, bad guy in a, in a fucking movie that owns oil fields. I don't know. I just, you know, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, but, uh, I've never really seen a fight. I've seen some highlights of her, Eight and two, solid record. Um, looks like she's kind of good everywhere. Scrappy. Souza is two and oh in the UFC with with I think at least two, maybe one finish. Maybe two. I know she's got a guillotine choke in there. Okay. So she guillotine choke Alec Chambers and then she split decision Sarah Frotto. And then uh I do remember the Sarah Frotto fight now. I remember she's not looking that great, but getting a split decision win. That was on um yeah, ESPN plus two. That was back in uh, February. And then she's got a loss to Angel Hill by split decision. And that's her only loss in, in Evicta. Um, and then Brianna, Brianna or Brianna? I don't see. I get, I knew a girl in high school. I knew two. One went Brianna and the other one went Brianna. And I, I, I would call Brianna, and Brianna and vice versa. And they get so mad at me. And it's like, change your name. Okay. Right. I get called Ryan all the fucking time. I don't get upset. I'll go get my name for food or something, and I'll be like, it's Brian. 90% of the time, they go, Ryan? And I go, that's fucking me. 5% of the time, they go, Brandon? Who? That's not even close. Anyway, um, Brianna Mayweather making a UFC debut, I believe. Yeah, Invicta um, probably was a champion. Invicta, she came off three wins. Julian Lima was a big win for her. Caitlin Curran, Reed Naked Choke. Um, she's be- definitely real ra- well-rounded, but she does have some ugly losses here. Uh, um, not ugly losses, but she does have some losses by decision. Like I said, she's scrappy. Um, but I mean, how do you not go with the UFC bet? I'm going with Souza as the underdog here. She's a small favorite or excuse me, small underdog. You can probably get her even. So really watch where you go. I might be cheating the underdog system here because she is a little all over the place and she's probably going to get her clothes pretty even. I just like you know the fact that she has two UFC fights with with at least one finish in there with a guillotine choke. She might not look great in her last fight, but um, yeah, with a women' fight like this though, any kind of female fight early on in the card, where I'm not super familiar with either girl, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be very confident in this, in this fight. Uh, but I do feel like I will bet it. I think I'll take my I'll hedge my bets. I like saying that word now. I like saying hedge my bets. I think I'll hedge my bets and take the underdog and uh, and, and Souza. And it's fun to name. Say So, up. Next up, Ping Lu. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce his name. He's fifteen and four. He's a minus one sixty favorite. He's fighting Jonathan Martinez, who's ten and two, who is a plus one thirty underdog. This is a fight a lot of people are probably gonna jump on the dog here. Jonathan Martinez made his debut versus Andre Sukumau and looked terrible. Came back and won his last fight. Uh, Puin Lu is a guy. I believe Chinese guy. Um... That Chinese takeover, I'm sure he's a Song Yudong uh, camp member. He fights out of alpha male. He's got some good wins in the UFC. I don't know if he has any losses in the UFC. Um, Yeah, so he hasn't lost in quite some time. He's got two wins in the UFC, both by decision. Damien Stasiak by decision and Martin Day by split decision. Um, Seen this guy fight several times. Um, I've heard his name prior before he came to the UFC, which is very rare. I, I, I don't know many Chinese fighters before they even come to UFC. I do remember hearing a little bit of hype on this guy. Haven't been overly impressed with him. I think he's very solid everywhere. Strong kid, good cardio, decent striking, can grapple a little bit. Jonathan Martinez is, a, is one of these fighters that obviously came into the MMA world um, as an MMA fighter. Has good wrestling skills, decent striking, as tough as they come. Andre sukamau should have destroyed him and should have made him quit early on because he was getting beat up in that fight, and he hung tough. He took that fight on short notice as well. The upside of Martinez is better. He is a small underdog. I know a lot of people, a lot of MMA cappers, I've heard them say it. They are taking Martinez. However, I'm going to go PING Lu, um, one, because I'm butchering his name. I think I owe it to him to pick him. And two, I think he's going to be too big, too strong, too physical for Martinez. I think Martinez, little young guy, little... Then for the division as well, it doesn't seem very all that strong. Sukumot completely buoyed him in there, and Sukumot's not the biggest 135-er. Um, I like Lou to win this fight, Uh, probably by decision. I don't see a finish happening on either end, probably by another decision. Probably going to be fairly close. I think Martinez is going to keep it close because I think he won't get tired, and and he's extremely tough, but I think Lou's going to eventually overall probably probably get a 29-28 decision there for Lou. Um, next up, fight I'm really interested about. I'm really surprised this is so high or low, whatever you want to look at on the prelims. You got Darren Elkins, the damage, who is 24 and 7. He is a minus 105 favorite underdog. He's fighting Ryan Hall, who is 7 and 1, who is minus 125. Um, these odds are a little bit old. Let's see what they got. Okay, so they got Elkins at 120. This is a pick and fight. Basically, I mean, straight across the board, pick him from all the websites. It's not a pick him fight for me. I'll tell you right now, cat's out of the back. I'm picking Ryan Hall. I'll give you a half underdog. Not really sure if he is officially an underdog. Sometimes it's a pick him fight. So it can go either way, depending what the night closes. Um, Ryan Hall, uh, listen, he's a tricky guy. I was impressed with his gray manner performance. He he was throwing kicks. Gray manner. Wouldn't engage. He didn't want to wrestle. Gray Maynard did nothing in that fight. Everyone booed Ryan Hall, but Gray Maynard didn't do nothing. Ryan Hall also looked pretty good against Artem Lowball. He had the back almost every round in that fight. Didn't get a submission. Artem Loball wouldn't open himself up, but he won the fight. Obviously, his first finish in UFC came against BJ Penn, which is wild. Darren Elkins was on like a four or five fight win streak. He was going through this career resurgence. He has now dropped two. His last fight, he got finished. Um, who did he get finished by? Was it Lamas? Lamas yeah, just kidding. Yeah, Ricardo Lamas finished in his last fight in, in third round, and then he lost the decision of Volkanovski. Volkanovski, um, Listen, Darren Elkins is tough as they come. Like, the worst tattoo, and I'm talking the worst tattoo in MMA. Alan Belcher's up there with the Johnny Cash on his arm, but getting the damage across your chest is rough. I'm a tattoo guy. I haven't talked to you guys just yet. I'm playing a, a whole big tattoo thing for my arm, maybe a full sleeve, definitely a half sleeve. I'm a tattoo guy. I appreciate art. I appreciate tattoos. I usually don't bang on tattoos too much, but when you get the damage across your chest like that, and that font, and just, it just it's so bad. So bad. But going back to the actual competition, Ryan Hall is an incredible grappler, maybe one of the best that's ever fought in MMA, at least the UFC. He wasn't taking fights for a while because he was making so much money doing seminars and doing um, competitions outside of MMA. He, I mean, he was only going to take big fights. I think he loved the BJ fight. I think he loved the result. This is a fairly quick turnaround for him. He only has eight fights. He's been a prime MMA fighter for four years with eight fights. That's not a lot of competition. That's not a lot of activity. Darren Elkins, career resurgence, really good grappler himself. Definitely not a guy that's, you know, inept on the ground. Can't get submitted. Um, His main problem usually is when he fights guys that bag on him with big, heavy shots, and then he goes to the ground, and it's it's just a little too much for him. Not much of a defense. Definitely Homer Simpson of MMA for sure. Um, let's guys hit like the Mercer Beckett fight. I mean, just keep hitting me as long as you can. And then finally I'm going to knock you out. It's crazy. Sorry there, boys. My mouth is dry. All right. So back to the fight. I think it's easy. I'm going Ryan Hall all day. I don't know. I don't see how Elkins could win his. He's obviously going to want to keep this fight standing. His, he thinks his striking is significantly better. Kenny Florian will be in the corner of Ryan Hall. I think Ryan Hall's striking is unique and different. He obviously knows where his bread and butter's at. He kind of pot shots. He has techniques that he works on that works with front kicks and leg kicks. Punches as well. He's a good counterer. He's hard to hit. I think if this fight goes to the ground, I think Ryan Hall's going to have a a, a, a crazy advantage. Uh, Darren Elkins is a wrestler by trade, so I, I feel like he will... Out of instincts, will shoot, and I think that'll be his downfall. I see Ryan Hall winning probably by stoppage. Um, I'm going to imagine submission. I don't think he'll be able to knock out Elkins because Elkins is as tough as they come. But don't sleep on Ryan Hall, y'all. Don't sleep on Ryan Hall, y'all. My wife's from Kentucky, man. Don't sleep on Ryan Hall. She do not talk like that, but uh, I, I call her hillbilly all the time. So, I mean, we grew up 20 minutes away from each other, but she's in Kentucky. I'm in Ohio. So, I, 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 what's up, y'all? So, Ryan Hall, big. I'm bet. I'm betting. I know he's he's a peckham slight favorite underdog. Whatever you want to say. I'm betting big on Ryan Hall. Sorry for the ASMR. If I turned you on there, I'm sorry. Take a minute. Okay, you guys ready? You guys, you guys, you guys back. Great. Uh, next up, you got Julia Pena who was eight and three. She's a minus one sixty five favorite fighting Nico Montana who was four and two, plus one thirty five underdog. Really surprised by these lines. Julia Pena was like the next coming. She hasn't fought since, what, 2016? It's been a while, right? She lost to Shevchenko by armbar her last time out. 2017, excuse me. January 1st, 2017. So it's been over two years since she's fought. before. That was her only UFC loss. She lost by armbar. I know she had a nasty knee injury prior to that. Kept her out for a while. This is a girl that was supposed to be the next big thing at 135. Um, really surprised she's this low because Nico Montagna is a girl who's got six fights. Was the last place girl in the Ultimate Fighter. Won the title Decent grappling, as tough as they come. Got pulled from the title fight against Shevchenko. Um A lot of controversy around that. Was she sick? Was she not? There's rumors she might get cut from the UFC. She obviously didn't. She's in here against Pena. Um, not too much an analysis here. I just think Pena is going to be better everywhere. Um, everything Nico Montana, Montana, Tola Montana, everything Nico's good at, Pena's better at. Um, they've both been off for a while. Um, I think Pena. I, I think Pena's gonna be able to stop Montana's takedowns. And I think Pena's striking isn't obviously world class, but I think it's gonna be enough. I think Pena's gonna set up her own takedowns, and she's really heavy on top. I see. I see a stoppage in this fight. I see Pena stopping it. I'm gonna bet Pena, and I'm gonna bet it doesn't go to the decision. Montana is tough as they come. She had a good run in the Ultimate Fighter, but, but that was a while ago. And, and I believe she trains out of a small camp. I believe she got kicked out of a camp or something. There's a lot going on around here. I don't know the full stories about a lot of this, but something's going on. Something's fishy. I'm smelling I I'm smell a rat. But to keep it short and sweet, go Julia, Pena. Uh, and I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet two things. i my prop, and I'm gonna bet uh, for her to win. Next up, <clears throat> a fight that's kind of breaking a lot of sharps brains here is uh, Andre Feeley, who's 19 and six. He is a plus 115 underdog versus Shaman Marais, who is 11 and three. He is a minus 145 favorite. Um, hand up, I've never predict predict Andre Feely right. I had him losing a lot of fights. I think he um I think I underestimated him a little bit. I do think he's good. I think he had a time there when he was kind of maybe his skills weren't progressing like I thought they were, because he did come into the UFC kind of hot and, and had some nice wins. His knockout of Yay uh he got knocked out by Yadry Rodriguez pretty nasty, and I remember kind of thinking that was a turning point for him. But he's got some good wins. I mean, listen, he's 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 as tough as they come. He's got a little bit of a chin issue. I think he gets dropped a lot. I don't think he um maybe isn't chinny but does have, you know, it's questionable a little bit. Shimon Rice is a guy who I think could go in there and really get a finish on a lot of guys. Very technical, very strong, very powerful. He fought my guy Sadiq Yusuf his last time out and uh looked great. Lost a decision but looked great. Sadiq Yusuf is no joke. That kid's going to be a beast at 145. He'll be top 10 by the end of the year. Count on it. Shane Rice, 11-3, good record. Big, powerful, strong guy. This is a guy that um, you know I like a lot. I think he looks good. I think he's got good skills, good takedown defense, good striking. I think he's fighting out of... Atino uh, Guerra, but he says he's fighting out of L.A. I'm not really sure what camp he's in. I thought he was training out of Brazil, but he's listing him here as uh, as L.A. Yeah, and his only other loss in the UFC is to, to Zabit Magomed Sharipov and Sadiq Youssef. So he's 2-2 two and two in the UFC, but his two wins are against Matt Sales and Julie Arce, which are both solid wins. They did come by decision, though, so the kid needs to put power, you know, his power together. I really think... Um, I mean, Andre Philly, the thing about Andre Philly, though, is, is, is a lot of people overlook, including myself, is he's actually a really good wrestler. He's tall and lanky for the division, but he can double leg almost anybody. I think Andre's going to come in here really determined to mix things up, and he has to. He's got to keep his length, and he's going to have to come in there and really kind of put things together. Um, the more I'm breaking it down, the more I'm, 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 I'm kind of torn now because it'd be nice to get that underdog, and I can understand why the line's so close, but I'm so confident Shane Rice is going to really have a breakout party uh, for this fight. I feel like he's going to knock out Feely or at least stop him. I know that's crazy. Um, I might not bet the—well, I'm going to bet the fight. I might not bet uh, the prop— here, um, I'm, I've been doing that lately. I've been betting the fight and the prop, but um, I'm gonna take Shaman Rice for sure. The favorite, not a super heavy favorite. I think it's a good pick at minus one forty five. I just think he's gonna be better everywhere and be a little stronger in places. And hopefully, he gets a finish because I do think this kid could be a star. He's got some good wins. He's fought some tough competition, but um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in that. But I like I like Stephen Rice in this too. But listen, there's some value in Andre Feely. Don't sleep on Andre Feely like I do. Next up, you got Mike Rodriguez from Boston, Mass. He is a minus 450 favorite versus John Allen, who's 13 and five, and he is a plus 360 underdog. John Allen sounds like a guy from fucking Northern Kentucky, right? He's Brazilian. Huh? What? There's another guy in here, too. When I read the name, I'm like, oh, he must be from some, you know, Kings uh, lineage in England. And he's from Brazil, too. We'll get to him later. But John Allen... Uh, just got signed, took this fight in short notice. Mike Rodriguez was supposed to fight John Vellante. That didn't happen. Uh, John Allen, again, fighting on a crew Tiba. Um, again, Johnny Walker, another guy that's Brazilian. What's going on with these names, man? I don't understand that. I'm used to fucking, you know, Asuario Silva as a Brazilian dude. You're like, oh yeah, he's Brazilian. That's awesome. And now they're fucking, there's guys like John Allen. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Man. That's like his nickname. All Brazilians have nicknames. Um, this kid's good though. I mean, he lost to the contender series, the, the Brazilian contender series, uh, Vincent Moreira, who's who's done well in the UFC as well. Good striker, um, powerful guy, uh, has a decent game to him. I wouldn't say he's super incredibly dangerous, but he's good. He's tough as they come. Uh lacks submission defense, obviously. Mike Rodriguez is a striker. I've doubted this guy before. He lost to Devin Clark. He just got kind of outgrappled. His last fight, though, he won by stoppage. Uh, he won on Daniel White's contender series by stoppage and Everything else down the line, all his wins are usually from piecing people up. He's good striking. Comes out of Lozon's camp. Um, seems in shape. I follow him on uh, on uh, Instagram. Pretty entertaining dude. Try to get him on the podcast, but, you know, he told me to kick rocks. Uh, not really. He just didn't respond to me. He goes to me. However, Mike Rodriguez, I think he's a guy that uh, is interesting, right? Kind of a pure striker. He's obviously working on his grappling. He's working on his wrestling, but... He, his bread and bunders are striking, right? If his chin holds up and his striking is that evolved, he can do really well in this division, right? Light heavyweight is a good division for really good strikers. Um I don't know if he's like the biggest prospect right now. However, I'm going to pick Mike Rodriguez, but I'll tell you right now, do not bet Mike Rodriguez. John Allen's a tough dude. He's taking this fight on short notice. He's scrappy. He can knock Mike Rodriguez out easily. I just feel like Mike Rodriguez has been training this whole time for a stand-up guy. He's going to come in sharp. I don't think he has to worry about uh, really anything. John Allen can mix it up and try to take him down and use his juice. But um, I don't see that happening. I see Mike Rodriguez probably stopping him because of a cardio issue. But uh, Mike is a is a hard-hitting dude. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take Rodriguez. But I'm not taking any of the action. I mean, minus 450 is crazy. I'm not betting that. Alright, next up. A fight that I actually I don't really like because I don't I, none of these guys really have juice for me. Cesar Ferreira, who's 13 and 7, he's on plus 120 underdog versus Marvin Vittori, who's 12-3-1, one, minus 150. Uh, Vittori, an Italian guy. Hey, Vittori. I'm um, sorry if that was offensive. Um he's fighting Cesar Ferreira, who was like the Brazilian Playboy. He's uh, you know, ultimate fighter winner and Vitor Belfort's buddy. Hey, um, went down to 170, came back up to 85, weight to cut too much. Probably means, you know, the steroids weren't, weren't, weren't working for him at 170. Uh, this guy's pretty yoked. Um, I mean, when you're Vitor Belfort's best friend and cornerman and you're ripped like that and Vitor's TRT Vitor, you yeah, suspicions are up. Okay. Um, however, Cesar is a guy that I, I, I doubt quite a bit, right? I think he is a decent stand-up, He's got that Capoeira style. Good on the ground. Has fought a lot of people. Like, this guy's got a good resume. He's got some good wins. I mean, he's got a win over Tiago Santos. This dude's got some good wins. Marvin Vittori, we haven't seen in a while. Got busted for steroids. Lost the split decision to Adesanya. Adesanya's probably worst fight, in my opinion. Looked a little hesitant. Looked a little worried about Vittori, who is a pretty good grappler, pretty good striker. It's tough to put away. Um, I had that fight really close as well. Obviously, I didn't pick Vittori to win, but... Um, this is a guy, I don't, I don't I just don't love Vittori's game. Um, he's got some good wins in the UFC. He's kind of well-rounded. Hasn't fought, obviously, in a while in the UFC. But, I, you know, I, I'm going to pick for I'm Cesar as the underdog. He's a plus 120. I like that. I think he's a little more well-rounded. I can see Vittori kind of using his size and kind of taking advantage of this fight by grappling him and weighs, uh, weighing on uh, Cesar and, and really... Taking the sales out of him and, and grinding him out. I, I see a big grinding fight. I don't love this fight on paper. I don't think it's going be that great of a fight live or actually on TV. So, um, not too jazzed about this. I'm not going to talk too much about it. But I'm going to pick Cesar. He's the underdog. And uh, we're going to rock with him. Next up, you got Carl Robinson, who's 7-2. He's a minus 200 favorite versus Wellington Turman, who is 15-2. He is a plus 160, yeah, plus 160 underdog. Oh, Wellington, can you fetch me some biscuits, uh, tuyo? Um, Horrible English accent, but this is the guy I was talking about. He's Brazilian. Wellington Terman is a Brazilian man. That is crazy to me, right? He was born in Curitiba, Brazil. What? I don't, you know, I... Listen. There's not many stereotypes in this world that I abide by, right? I don't consider myself a bigot or a racist. I'm open to any walks of life and anybody's opinions, right? I'm not a super religious guy. I I value everyone's religion, even like Scientology, which a lot of people be like, oh, that's bonkers, whatever. It's not my place to say what's bonkers or not, right? Or what's weird. I can have an opinion on it, but some people really believe in that. All I believe in is if you're a good person... And what you believe in doesn't hurt people and you're not hurt. You know what I mean? And you're just a good person that none of that else matters, right? I don't care what you are. I don't care. It doesn't matter. However, the one stereotype that I, I don't even know if it's a stereotype, but the one biases that I have, if I look at a name, I can be like, oh, that's probably a white guy from fucking Liverpool or that's a Brazilian guy, right? I think we kind of can, we kind of can know and do that. You see the name Wellington Terman. And you go, he's from Brazil, without knowing, I'm kicking you out of my house. That's the most English, the only other more English name than that is Benedict Cumberbatch. The only other one. Wellington God goddamn. Anyway, we'll get off the guy's name. He's fighting Carl Robinson. This is his UFC debut. I believe he took this on fairly short notice. Um, I can double check on that. He's coming off a win, rear naked chuck win. He's he, he's a grappler. He's a good grappler. Um, good record. All of his fights, I believe, have been in Brazil you know, and again, with Brazil Brazilian records, a lot of these guys, I mean, he fought another Wellington. Holy shit. Wellington Machado, a second fight back in 2014. Uh, that might be just a really big name down in, in Brazil. I don't know. It's the last name that throws me off, too. I mean, anybody can be named Wellington, but Wellington Terman, that's weird, but he's got a good record. But again, with the Brazilian records, you got to really look at the competition he's fighting in Brazil. Again, a lot of those guys. You know, they're other, you know, they're 0 1 1. They'll never fight again. It, it's a fighting culture so big in Brazil that everyone wants to be fighters, but not everyone is fighters. But he is a good submission guy. He's decent on the ground. I, I saw some highlights of him. He's tricky. He's 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 unique a little bit. He's going to be not the easiest thing for Carl Robertson, who is a guy who I actually really enjoy. Big, powerful, strong guy. Almost killed Glover Tixera and then gassed out and ended up losing that fight his last time out. Guy who's got to win over Darian Stewart. Um, I believe, is a contender series guy, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, so he, he beat Ryan Spann on the contender series. Ryan Spann's also in the UFC currently, too. He knocked him out with elbows. Then he came in and, and, and won by rear naked choke over Darren Stewart, lost to Cesar Ferrara, and then lost to uh, Glover Teixeira's last time out by triangle Chuck. So both of his losses are by submission, which is scary, right? He's a minus 200 favorite, probably because Wellington's making his UFC debut. Kind of a one-trick pony, but I do think he's kind of tricky elsewhere. Um, this is a tough fight to pick because, I mean, it's easy for me to pick chalk. I do like Carl Robinson or Robertson, I think his name. There's no T in there. Excuse me. Um, I think his game is really good, Carl. I think he if, if he cleans up some things, he's so big, so strong, so athletic. If he just cleaned up s- certain techniques, it, he would be better because he's so powerful. But he kind of overthrows shots, or really goes for the kill and has got the killer instinct, which is great, but then he gets tired, gives up position, and then gets submitted, right? Classic case in the uh, in, in, in the in uh, his last fight at Glover Teixeira. Hopefully he's learned from that. Again, Wellington, I don't think he's like a Damian Maia on the ground or anything like that. I don't think he's that much of a killer, but he does have some wins by submission, and he'll snatch a neck, he'll snatch a fucking arm. Nobody's business. I'm going to pick Carl, but... There's some real value on Wellington tournament. There's some real value there at plus 160. He'll probably fluctuate a little bit. I see Carl maybe going up. Let's see. Let me check the most, the up-to-date odds. Okay, so Carl Robertson is now plus 210. Uh, you can get Wellington as high as one uh, 175. This might be one of those underdogs where I'm going to regret not taking. I just feel like Carl's is so big, so strong, so tough that I think Wellington, to me, I haven't seen enough because I haven't watched him enough to really could can he handle that I don't know uh, we're gonna find out but I'm gonna to pick chalk I'm gonna go the minus 210 favorite 200 favorite whatever whatever site you're looking at I'm gonna go Carl because even with the favorite or not I do actually like him as, as, as a fighter here I, I, I like his skill all right final three fights here next up you got Josh Emmett who's a plus 145 uh, underdog he's 14 and two versus Mursad Bektik, who's 13 and one a minus 175 favorite this is the trap fight on the card. This is the card where a lot of people are split on. I was originally going to pick Emmett. Uh, I liked Emmett's game, but I went back and I rewatched his Michael Johnson fight. He was losing that fight. He landed that big dong shot at the end with the right hand, knocked Michael Johnson stiff. Other than that, he looked very timid because Jeremy Stevens broke this dude's face. I mean, how could you not be timid, right? Um, so it, it put me off a little bit because I guess I, you, you know, you, you remember the last thing you saw, so you remember the big knockout. Oh damn! That came in round three, where a fight that he was losing. I thought it was competitive. It wasn't like he was getting blown out of the water, but he definitely looked hesitant. He was loading up his shots. Um, he didn't really wrestle that much, uh, Emmett. That is, I think Emmett's a good defensive wrestler. I think he has some good shots in there. This is his hometown, or at least his home training town. I know he's a Team Alpha Male guy. Murat Bektic's a, a really tough uh, guy. I think his inactivity is allowing him not to really like the world on fire. His only loss is to Darren Elkins, a fight that he was destroying Elkins in. He's coming off a split decision win over Lamas and then a TKO punch over uh, God- Godado Pepe. Pepe. Um, he hasn't fought since over a year. June last year is when he fought Lamas. Had a couple fights cancel out, but um, Masad's a solid dude. He used to grow a pretty sick mustache. This is tough. Again, this is kind of the trap fight. As much as I want to take Emin, I think Emin has more power. Betsick has shown chin issues. Elkins knock him out. He's been dropped in other fights as well. He's a good grappler. He's a good striker. He's kind of strong everywhere. I see him wearing on Emmett. I I, you know, a lot of people like Emmett in this fight because of the number next to his name. You play the number, not the fighter. It makes sense to bet Emmett. It makes sense to pick up that value bet and get your bang for your buck and get the underdog money and everything like that. But it's just something's pulling me to Bektik thinking that that he's good, just going to kind of be a little better everywhere. I think Emmett's fully not back from the face beating, right? I don't think he's fully there yet. Um, he has big shots and he can land one. And Bektik isn't like you know doesn't have a chin of a fucking steel. I just think Bektik's going to be a little sneaky, a little tricky. I think he's aware on Emmett. I think he's going to win a really close decision. I'm taking at Bektik at a good size favorite. He's almost two to one. Uh, let me just triple check to see if the odds have changed a little bit. Um, they have not. Okay, so Bechtik's at 165. You can get Emmitt at 135. So M's gone down a little bit, probably because some sharp money's coming on. I'm telling you, this is a fight that a lot of people are getting trapped up with. Um, really tough fight for me to pick, but I, I, I'm going to go with Bechtik. Come in and You got Uriah Faber coming back out of retirement. He's 34-10. and 10. He's a plus-290 underdog versus Ricky Simone. Simon, I, I don't know why. I mean... Oh, they got the Ulad there. Okay. They said they put the Ulad there or whatever that's called. I think I think it's called an Ulad. No big deal. I took Spanish one twice. Um, he's 15 and 1. Uh Simone's a guy that didn't impress me because I thought he lost the Marab, but the guy looked really good in his last fight, uh, his last outing. He looked he's got a fucking he's got that Theo Vaughn fucking mame. And I just saw a picture of him on Instagram signing posters, and it is luscious boys he fought ronnie yaya's last time out yaya's a great grappler um and and yaya looked pretty good on his feet cut simone up with simone stuffed every takedown pieced him up um he's got montel jackson which is a big win another good grappler and then uh marab which was i think he lost that fight marab outworked him and kind of a bullshit call at the end of that fight if, if, if you ask me uh simone's a cardio guy cardio machine good striking good takedown defense Decent grappling offensively. Uriah Faber's a guy who, um, won, retired on a win. Prior to that, I thought he looked a little sloppy. I thought maybe it was probably the end of the time. Um, You know, he won. Brad Pickett, I think they're both a retirement fight. Looked really bad against Jimmy Rivera. Uh, I saw that fight live in Cleveland. That's probably the fight I keep referencing the most is the Rivera fight. Because, what time are we at? Am I running too long? Okay, 43, so we'll wrap it up here. I don't have too much on the, these final two fights. Anyway, um, excuse me. Sorry, just didn't want to go an hour. Uh, so Ricky Simone, a guy who reminds me a lot of um, Jimmy Rivera. They, they're similar, a little bit um, built, and good takedown offense and, and activity and whatnot. Simone's a little more active in your face and, and I think has maybe better strikes than Rivera. Maybe not as much power. Uriah favors a guy who hasn't really involved that much, right? He's got his good one shots. he got his good entries. He throws the same entries when he comes in. Um... I don't know how much he's going to change, right? He, his bread and butter was getting to the ground. He's really good in scrambles, really good with the chokes. I don't see that happening. I don't think he's going to be able to take down Ricky Simone. I think the cardio and the pacing is going to really favor Ricky Simone. I see Ricky Simone, unfortunately, piecing Rye favor up. I don't know if a stoppage will happen because I think Rye is tough. I do see Simone really pushing for a stoppage. This is kind of a big opportunity for him, right? I think he's, what, 15 in the world at Bantamweight. I think he could easily be top eight, by the end of the year, if he takes another really smart fight, Uriah is a name that can, kind of can catapult him up there. Got to win over Uriah, regardless of his age and coming out of retirement and stuff. A lot of people are asking why Uriah doing this. Could it be money? Could it be, you know, whatever? He's got a kid. I think they threw a lot of money at him and said, we need we need a, a, a guy to really kind of bring up this Sacramento card because Uriah is the king of SAC town. Still saying it. Um so I think it's important that he uh that he's on this card. And I think UFC knows that, and they, they probably threw some money at him. I'm sure before that, Uriah kind of expressed interest, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in shape. I can come back. I'm training with these guys. So unfortunately, I do think Ricky Simone's gonna probably win this fight. I don't think it'll be a stoppage, but probably all three rounds, you know, 30-27, maybe 30-26, Ricky Simone. All right, main event time. Aspen lad, who is 8-0, she's a minus minus-155 favorite versus Dereen. Uh, Jermaine 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 me, who was eight and three, former champion plus 125. A lot of people forget she's former champion at 145. Um, I don't know, these girls it says they're, they're both bantam weights, and I think Aspen Ladd is at 135. I'm Jermaine, uh, Jermaine maybe maybe dropped down. Let me see her last, yeah, sure, yeah, okay, so maybe Jermaine dropped down to 135. He used Jermaine used to be the 145 champion, maybe she dropped down. A lot of people remember her as she wouldn't fight Cyborg, had to relinquish her title. She's got to win over Holly Holm by decision. <clears throat> Excuse me. Her last fight was in November and she beat Raquel Pennington by decision. Uh, Jermaine's a girl who is a good striker. Um, she was the one that was hitting after the bell in the Holly Holm fight. Really long and lanky for this vision. Really, um, a really prof- proficient striker. I think her overall game is becoming better. Um, I'm surprised she's an underdog here. Aspen Ladd has a lot of buzz around her. I like Aspen Ladd. I believe she's out of uh, Colorado with Anthony Smith, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. MMA gold fight team. I don't know. Pioneer, California. Well, I was way off. Who's? Is that that Macy Barber training out there? I I thought I could have swore she was under Mark Motoya out there in Colorado. I was way wrong. Maybe because Aspen, Colorado, is throwing me off. I was way off. All right, anyway. Uh, besides that miss fact, Aspen Ladd is, is a legit girl. She's got some serious wins. She's a grinder. She's tough. A lot of buzz around her. She was originally supposed to fight Holly Holm. They pulled that fight. They gave Holly the title fight. They put this fight together. A lot of people don't like this main event. I think it's a great main event. You need to build stars. The next win, the ne- the winner of this fight could fight Amanda Nunes after the sidebar. If Jermaine wins, if she'll take the fucking fight, I think she probably deserves it since she never lost her title. Um, if Aspen Ladd wins, she's this big you know, prospect right now that a lot of people like. She's also saying that she doesn't want a title shot, which scares me. Um, this is a really close fight to pick. Jermaine's striking versus Aspen Ladd's aggressiveness. Aspen's a good striker, but I think she's more of, like kind of a grinder, mauler type. She's kind of good everywhere. Jermaine, I think, solid. Solid takedown offense and, and everything, but her striking is obviously the bread and butter. If Aspen Ladd doesn't come in with her fucking head-on right here, she can get pieced up. She can get fucking head-kicked the next week. I think it's going to be a competitive fight. I think it's going to start a little slow, and then I think it's going to, I think there's going to be some up and downs for both fighters in this. A lot of people are picking JDR for this fight, Jermaine uh, Duranamy. I can understand why. However, I, I'm all in on Aspen Ladd. I've talked about her before. I think she's the real deal. 8 no, I know she's a little young in MMA. I know she's um, not proven and she hasn't fought a ton of great competition. Shadar Eubanks was her biggest win. She looked pretty good in that fight. Um, I just I think Ashman Lads is the real deal. I think she might come out and she, if she gets a big finish. I think, I mean, she can wait a little bit because I do think they're trying to make uh, Nunez Cyborg happen. She could wait a little bit, but I think Nunez prefers a fight at 35, so maybe she'll get it quicker than, than we would think. Um, but yeah, I think this girl's destined for a title shot for sure. I think both these women are. I think both fighters are looking for a title shot. Uh, Jermaine and me just needs to be a little more active and actually accept a title fight. But I'm picking. I'm picking Aspen Lad for sure. I love it. Um, minus one fifty-five. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's a solid line for for a girl like Aspen Lad. She's currently at one seventy, so I got her a little low. Um, obviously, I think there's obviously value in Jermaine Dranami as well. I think she's a solid, solid prospect. Or not even a prospect. Solid, solid fighter. So that's it. That's the show. We ran a little long for pickums. I get excited, guys. I get excited. So I'll be watching the fights. Hopefully, I'll be live tweeting the fights uh, this week. I don't think I have the past two fights. Last week, obviously, the big pay-per-view, I didn't tweet much because I was stuffing my face with pizza and I was with my buddy. Fight before that, I didn't get to catch live because I was you know, doing dad duties and white husband duties with the wifey. Um, but yeah, this one maybe I'll, I'll, I'll kick back and, and, and watch live and we'll live tweet. So again, follow me at MMA, MMA Takes on Twitter. Um, I'm more active on Twitter than Instagram, but you can follow me on Instagram as well at MMATakes.com. I will see you guys and talk to you guys next week. Again, uh, Austin episode should be up next week. Again, if you love MMA and you're not, you know, you listen to me for my MMA picks and my MMA analysis and overall, whatever, that's not going to be for you. It is a really fun episode I'm editing right now. I know I've teased it a little bit, but, um, you know, Austin uh, is an electric person and, it's, and it was a really, really good, uh, good time and fun time. All right, I'll see you guys next week. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. He will rock you He will Feel, 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 feel Feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You wanna lay it down? We rolling on the rehearsal?